0: Welcome to the C3 Church Watson podcast. Our vision is to connect you to Jesus, develop you as a follower of Christ, and empower you to build the church. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. Philippians 4 says this, always be full of the joy of the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He's done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your heart and your mind as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honourable and right and pure and lovely and admirable Think about these things, the things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. This is the passage of scripture that we've looked at over the last three weeks in our de stress series. And we're going to finish looking at this passage this week. And then next week, we're going to look at something very different in the de-stress series as we finish it off, this passage has so much, so, so much to help us in our fight against anxiety, stress, depression. There is no doubt that anxiety and depression and stress is rampant in the world today, right? Yep. Maybe you're here this morning And anxiety is crippling you. What ifs are keeping you up at night? They flood your mind and your heart and your every waking thought. Mark Twain said this, he said, I have been through some terrible things in my life, some of which actually happened. It's very true that a lot of what we get anxious about, thankfully, doesn't actually happen. He's glad about that. I'm glad about that. Thank you, Jesus. This morning we're going to focus on the last three verses in Philippians 4, in that passage that we read, verses 7 to 9. Over the last two weeks, we've talked about making the choice... Because God gave us a choice and he will never take that choice away from us. Making the choice because we can make the choice. It's not always an easy choice, but it's the choice. Making the choice to not worry. And then instead, instead of worrying, substitute prayer. So worry is subbing out and prayer is subbing in. Bench worry. In fact, I just I say just kick worry off your team. Give it a red card for all of the – is it a red card? Sack him. If A red card, they can come back on, right? Next week. Okay. Let's just – that's the soccer. Paul loves the soccer. I know not that much about it, but he spends a fair bit of time watching it, so I see it every now and then. Just kick it off the team. You are not on my team anymore. Team worry, gone. Who's with me? Good. And we pray. We substitute worry for prayer. And we give God every concern. We give him every worry. To be anxious actually means to be troubled with cares, which is why 1 Peter 4 says, cast your cares, cast every care, all of your cares on God, because he cares for you. And as we roll them off us and and onto him, we trust him with the things that we fear, that we're anxious about. But not only that, we have to actually face them. That's what we looked at last week. Face your fears. Don't run from them. Until we face them, the devil can use them to bring torment into our lives. I have a friend who, um, when her boy was little about four or five. She was being told that he may um, have be on the autism spectrum. And she, because while we have this fear, is he, isn't he? Maybe he is. What am I going to do for years? Oh, but please God, let him not be. And she, she did this because that's what happens when we've got fear going on, right? We're we tossed to and fro. Maybe this is going to happen, or maybe it won't. She said to me, Mel, I just got to the point where I went, okay, well, if he is, God is with me, and we will deal with it. And as soon as she got to that point, everything changed. We have got to face those things. Philippians 4, 7. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. I'm talking about how to have peace during the storm. Because it's easy to have peace when the winds have calmed. Who finds that? When there's no storm, it's easy to have peace. Very easy. The the waves are no longer crashing against you. But how? How about when you're just making ends meet? When you're stretched to the very limit in your financial world and the car blows up and you have the choice of either paying the water bill or fixing the car? That's a storm. But how about when you find out you're pregnant and everything's going great and then you go to your 18-week ultrasound and you find out the doctor says your child has a condition? That's a storm. How about when someone in your world who you thought was a friend (laughs) starts to make a move on your spouse? That's a storm. I'm talking about real-life situations in my world today. That's a storm. Um, How about... When you believe God gave you a promise and you've been waiting and believing and praying and hoping and waiting and waiting and waiting. Is anyone waiting and waiting and you think, God, I've got nothing left. That's a storm. How about when you step out in faith, in a business idea, venture? and you believe it was a God thing, and it looks like it's going pear-shaped. That's a storm. How about when you go to the doctor and he tells you a diagnosis that you did not want to hear? That's a storm. This is real life, okay? You get the picture. Can we have peace during the storm? You bet we can. Jesus and his disciples were in a boat during a storm. We're not going to look at the story, but I'm just going to tell you, he was asleep. And the disciples were awake. And he was asleep because he had peace. And they were awake and freaking out because they didn't. They were anxious and afraid. And Jesus wants us to have his peace in every single storm we face. The promise in this passage of Scripture is for peace during the storm. And if we start by doing the things we've talked about over the last couple of weeks, choose to not worry. Instead, pray. The Bible promises that his peace will guard your heart and your mind as you live in Christ Jesus. As you live in Christ Jesus. Have you you read that little last bit? As you live in Christ Jesus, it's all in him. Everything. Jesus had peace in the storm because the peace was inside of him. We are in him. We are his kids. We are his sons and his daughters. Acts 17 says, For in him we live, we move, and we exist. It's in Christ that I live. It's in Christ I move. It's in Christ that I exist. It's all about him, for him, and in him. And as we live in him, we have complete and unrestricted access to as much peace as we need. You have as much peace as you need. You have access to it. As we choose not to worry. As we instead pray. I I went into a, a place of prayer this week. And I was in a really bad space. I was really angry. Has anyone ever been angry? Never. Have you ever gone to, the, to a place of prayer when you're angry? So a good place, it's, it's better to go there than to a, like a person and take it out on them. Because God's got really big shoulders, I found. And I went into this place and I was angry and I was entitled and I was offended None of you ever get like that, do you? I was not in a happy place. But you know what? I, I mean, I've been doing this for a long time. I've been around the block a few times. And I know where the answers come from. You just, I just have to be smart enough to actually put into practice what the Word of God says. And it took a while. I've got to tell you, I've got to confess to you, it took me a while to choose not to worry to choose to do what the Word of God says, which is to let offence go. Just let it go. And to turn to him. And guess what happened? The peace of God. The passes all understanding. Guarded my heart and my mind. John 14 says this, I'm leaving you with a gift. Peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. So don't be troubled or afraid. Another word for troubled there is anxious. Don't be anxious or afraid. The Bible's here again. It's talking about how to deal with anxiety and fear and stress and worry. The answer is found in him. His peace. He says, I'm leaving you a gift. It's a gift that you receive that you can't get from anywhere else. He said, the world can't give it to you. You can look for it in a glass of red wine, but it will eventually wear off. That peaceful feeling that you feel when you have a glass of red wine, it will wear off. You can look for it by trying to control everything around you and everyone around you, but it won't work. Everything will come crashing down. Are you searching for peace today? Are you trying to find it in all sorts of places that it's not? Because the peace of God is only found in Jesus. I find, for me personally, I go, I pray, I do all of those things, and the peace of God comes because the Bible tells us that will happen. He shows up, I feel His peace. I cast my cares on God, and then I walk out of that place. I walk out of that place of prayer, and I start living my life, and I find that the peace of God can actually just slip out through my feet if I'm not careful, (laughs) and I can start getting agitated again and I can start thinking about that thing that I was concerned about and worried about and anxious about and I can start mulling over that again and I think where are you God come back I had that great feeling of peace I mean it was there and it was beautiful and I loved it and it's gone how do we continue in the peace of God because that's what that scripture promises us how do we continue how do we keep what we get in the place of prayer when we go out and start living life? Well, it's in the next verse. Verse 8. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honourable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Do you think that it's a coincidence that the bible includes that in this passage of scripture about dealing with anxiety and worry do you think that's a coincidence it's not a coincidence it's been placed there because it's a key can i say that in a really loud it's a key this is a key to having peace and, and getting rid of anxiety and worry, keeping stress at bay. If we come away from our time with God and we allow our minds to continue to dwell on the worries and the anxieties and the doubts and the fears and the things that we decided in the place of prayer to give him and trust him with, if we allow our minds to go back over and over, Thinking about these things, peace will go, it will just disappear and we'll be right back where we started, full of anxiety and we'll think, this Bible does not work. This God thing, it doesn't work. I've prayed, but it doesn't finish there. The next step is while I'm waiting, because we're all waiting for something in some way, right? You're waiting for something to happen? Are you believing God for something to happen? So I've prayed, but while I'm waiting, I'm choosing what my mind thinks about. I'm not denying, it's not denial. Please hear me, but I'm choosing what my mind thinks about because I'm the boss of my mind and you're the boss of your mind. I'm choosing. When I'm, while I'm waiting for God to, to bring that miraculous miracle in my financial world, I'm choosing to believe when he said that he will meet every need that I have, that he will do that. I'm choosing when, when I go to an ultrasound and the, the doctor says, your child has spina bifida, I'm choosing to believe that my God heals Real life situation there. I am choosing when that boss is doing that thing. I am choosing while I'm waiting to trust God with my work situation. I am choosing. I was at a every woman conference a number of weeks ago, and Darlene Check heard about her, heard of her. Anyone heard of her? She said this gorgeous thing. She said because she she had breast cancer a number of years ago, and she would have people come up to her and say, can I pray for you? And she said, I could feel the fear coming off them. She said, it, it, it was, they were so afraid for me. And her husband said to her, Darlene, you are the architect of the atmosphere around you. And so she would do this. She said, no, you can't pray for me, but I can pray for you. Come here. Father, I thank, and she would pray for them. (laughs) How amazing is that? I am choosing, I am choosing what's going on in my head. I am choosing the atmosphere around me while I am waiting. That's what this passage is all about. This passage gives us the way to keep our minds full of peace. It gives us the way to keep fury, in F- fury, fury, fear, worry, anxiety at bay. Because our minds have so much power in directing our lives. I remember my doctor telling me once, we were waiting on a test result at the time, and she said, now Mel, I don't want you to worry about this. And I said, okay. This was ages ago. And she said, she said I consider myself quite a well-adjusted person and she is, she's a great doctor, she said, but I had this um, thing going on with my teeth and someone told me something was wrong with my teeth, my front teeth, her front teeth. And she said, as soon as someone said that to me, I had no pain in my teeth until they said that. And then I had excruciating pain in my teeth and there was nothing wrong with my teeth. Our brains are so powerful. Fix your thoughts on what is true. True. Fix your thoughts on the truth. What is truth? One of the problems we have in this world today is that truth has become relative. There's your truth, there's my truth, and if that's your truth, that's fine. That's truth, that's truth. But truth has to be based on something. It is not just someone's opinion. Truth is actually based on someone. Not something, someone. It's based on Jesus Christ. He says in John 14, I am truth. He said when you know the truth, it will set you free. It's knowing the truth and letting it saturate, saturate our minds. That's what keeps us free from anxiety and fear. Whatever is true, where to dwell on those things. I'm a child of God. God in me is bigger than this thing that I'm facing. If God has promised me this, then I can count on it. <laughs> I am forgiven. I am chosen. What truth are you? God has a hope and a future for me. And my hope will not be cut off. I can smile at the future. What truth are you dwelling on in your mind? Every moment, every second, I'm choosing the truth. That word dwell means to linger over, emphasize, ponder, say it, write it down. Some of the other things in that verse are honorable. Do you know what that means? It means actually taking the high road. I was with a friend a few weeks ago and I had a little temper tantrum. I was just unloading on her. And she said, Mel, can I say something to you as a friend? I said, sure. She said, don't do that. You've got to stop doing that. That's really not good for you. Take the high road. You're better than that, Mel. That's what she said. You're better than that. You're better than that. What is right? What is right? That means having the correct judgment. Sometimes we look at someone and judge them and our judgment is not correct. And we think about them. We even judge ourselves. Not correct. Whatever is right. Whatever is pure. Which is clean. Whatever is sacred. You know what? Marriage is sacred. What are the sacred things? Marriage is sacred. Keep your marriage sacred. Don't let it go. Whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, which means full of grace. That means in our mind, we're always going towards grace. We're going towards grace. We're giving grace because that's what our Jesus gives to us. We're thinking gracious thoughts about other people. Whatever is of good report. Speaking well. Anything worthy of praise. Do you know what? The power of praise and thanksgiving in our life can never, ever, ever, ever be underestimated. In that passage that we've been reading from Philippians 4, three times it talks about praise. It starts in the middle and at the end. Praise, praise, praise. I will not stop praising God no matter what. That's what we need to do. Pastor Phil says it's the, it's the password. Thanks is the password to get in. It's what the message Bible says about entry's gates. The Bible tells us to dwell, ponder, take account of, consider these things, have them running over and over in our mind. We train our minds. The last part of this verse says, Whatever you have learnt or received or heard from me, seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. Practice until it becomes a habit. Because it has to become a habit right in our mind. Practice, you can come up, guys. Practice until it becomes a habit. Your mind wants to make habits. The Power of Habit book tells us that Your mind wants to make things into a habit because it's less work for your brain. So our brains function that way. They take things and they want to make them into a habit because then you don't have to think about it. This is the stuff that is really important to have a habit with. It'll help your mental health and your joy and your relationships. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our church, find us online at c3churchwatson.com.au We hope to see you in church again this weekend.